Hello and welcome to Into the Black Archive, the in-person edition, sat from a socially distant, safe distance from me, not just because of COVID, but just for my own personal safety, James Stevenson. It really is for his own personal safety. Hello everybody, <laughs> it's, it's a special day in Black Archive land, COVID is... How do I put it? COVID is not bad enough that we have to record this remotely, so we are doing a couple of podcasts from a safe social distance uh, at Owens. But just a quick warning as well before we start. To make sure we're doing this all as safely as possible, we do have windows open. So if you hear any cars, or as we've been recently getting hair trimmers, not hair trimmers. Hair trimmers? <laughs> is there hedge trimmers? Hedge trimmers, screaming children, motorbikes, or any of the above. We apologise, I'll do my best to edit them out, but I can't promise I'll get everything. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do our best. The hope is that everyone's gone to the beach, because it is warm here today. It is very hot. It's, it's plus 20, which, American viewers, I know that's not hot, but in the UK, with no wind, we feel it, we're weak people. So I actually have this conversation every year with one of my friends who lives in Malaysia. Oh yeah, that's hot. <laughs> And he's going, oh no, first, 21's nothing, 21's nothing. Genuinely, it is nothing. In but the thing is, you need to remember, is that every country that house is built to different specs for their environment. Hmm. So we, in the UK, we've got brick houses full of insulation to keep in all the air, hot air, double glazed windows, all the above, no air conditioning. So that little bit of heat does stick and it does get hot. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why fans fly off the shelves here. What's, yeah. what's the hottest weather you've ever been in? That's anywhere in the world. So not just here. I think 35 somewhere. Th- 35's cooking. I think possibly Gibraltar. Yeah, Gibraltar's nice and nice and toasty. Yeah, because my nan used to live there at one point. My record, Owen, is 47 degrees Celsius. Ooh. Isn't that tarmac melting territory? Yeah. At 47 degrees Celsius, Owen, you could fry an egg on the road. <laughs> there was actually a funny thing earlier. Not, you know last week how it was really weird weather? I, I, I realised we're going as British as human. It's fine. Here. We'll, we'll get to Doctor Who in a minute. But Britishness and who are the same. Uh, when it was going raining, sunny, raining, sunny, like five yeah, times in one day. Yeah, it was very volatile. Um, out back, you've got loads of like the black roofs black flat roofs yeah so they were getting wet and then as soon as the sun came out but it was they would start steaming up you could see mist yeah. just coming off them it was it was amusing me way too much that's that's very very standard for, for this country you never get a stable day you have to bring if it's a spring day in britain you have to bring your coat and also your shorts and speaking of weird weather we've got this weird episode now before I want to preface what I'm about to say about the web planet, which is today's episode, uh, with this statement. I do not condone or support the taking of drugs, but if you're going to do it and watch a Doctor Who episode, I would pick this one. I don't know if it's amazing or dreadful. (laughs) It's one of those things. It's, It's a wild... It's a wild ride, which means we should probably break this down step by step. Shall we first of all do synopsis and characters? Absolutely. So, they once again accidentally land on a planet. I think they got sucked into this one, didn't they? Yeah. So they got sucked into a planet where they all get separated because running theme of Doctor Who. Yay. Um, Barbara, <laughs> Doctor and, and 
Ian, they go off to see where they are, do experiment, but Ian burns his tie. We're very upset. Um, Barbara and Vicky are left alone in the TARDIS. Barbara starts, gets taken control by somehow, which never really discuss, and goes to some bee-like creatures, while the TARDIS gets taken with Vicky inside. All while more stuff happens, they meet bees, they meet insects, they meet giant ants, and I, and it all ends. Can I just say something? Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact which this story goes on for quite a while. Yeah, it's a six-parter. The pacing's fine. I never really felt bored during it. Yeah, there's no distinct lulls. But also, nothing seemed to happen. Yeah, it was it was a very eventful episode in the sense of every five minutes you saw something that made you question the fabric of reality. Yeah, but but in terms of plot, it feels very mostly aimless. I mean, the Doctor barely moves yeah. throughout the whole story. They're kind of all in the same place. That that kind of got the same things to do, and you're just kind of watching it step by step. There's no like the cliffhangers don't really present a lot of massive drama. There was one bit, one one cliffhanger which annoyed me was when it looks like Barbara's going. When Barbara's basically in some sort of hypnotised state, as I was suggesting there, she gets led to what is a pool of acid where Ian burns his tie. And that's the cut. And then we come back and she literally just walks around it. Yeah. It's like the most let down, cliffhanger let it's, down. It's ever. nothing. It was just like, oh, actually, she just wasn't there. Was that? Yeah, that was the first episode one. I think so, yeah, because it was before we really knew anything. So she was just being pulled along and, yeah. yeah. So, so how are characters then? How are... How is everybody doing? I'm feeling they're down. Yeah? With, with Vicky. Yeah, Vicky's I, not done a lot yet. I still feel like she's a very... She doesn't have much to her. She kind of feels like she goes along. And that's it. She's a bit... Instead of solving the problem of Susan, it just seems like they've replaced the problem of Susan. I don't even... I, d- I don't even agree with that point. No? I feel like Susan at least had the character of she screams a lot. She's constantly scared. Mm. I don't feel like I can give that sort of description to even that to Vicky. She's just kind of fine with everything. Yeah. Like, just... oh, okay. Oh, I- I'm used to this to an extent because we know that she's from the future. Yeah. So she's seen things like this. She feels very Jane Doe-y. She doesn't seem to have much to her. Yeah, there's not been... There's not been a lot yet that indicates to me why Vicky is there. And it's kind of like Susan in that respect. Because you felt yeah. like in a lot of the stories, Susan was holding the other three back from doing things. And yeah. occasionally the story took a lull because you had to remember what the hell Susan was doing. And it's almost the same. It's just Vicky is slightly more mobile. Yeah, she screams less. Yeah, she just kind of tags along with the story, though, yeah. more than anything. Like, for the most episodes she's been in, it's just been... She goes off with the Doctor, the Doctor does everything, basically, yeah. and the Vicky's kind of just there, tagging she, along. She 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 essentially provides commentary, and then that's about it. <laughs> she provides commentary. She's like she's like Martin Tyler. Yeah, she. I'm a bit let down. Yeah, it's not, it's not been great so far, uh, but who knows? I mean, it's very, very early days. Yeah. But... Honestly, I know I said it before with the... I think the last two as well, to be honest. 
neither of the other three seem to really grow much either. Not not recently. It's kind of you get the same rough motives. They've all kind of stagnated a bit, which I think you do get when you've got characters which have been around for a while. But it's just massive stagnation. Yeah, everyone going through the motions. So, you know, Ian is the quite morally righteous, will go in and do what's right character, and that's not really changed for a while. And Barbara's slightly more conscientious, and she doubts things, and that's not changed for a while. The Doctor's the Doctor. Yeah. So that's never going to change. So, I'm a little bit... Uh, there's nothing really here to talk about. Into, yeah, if a character-wise, the stories in, say, the first season seem to me, in in a good way, mm. were about putting characters into situations and seeing how they react to them yeah. and develop from them. And that's how good character writing should be. The, the web planet certainly is, we're going to put the characters in a situation uh, and the situation is just going to happen and they're going to go out of it. And that was cool. Yeah. There's no real repercussions or, or feeling of change. No. Which is a weird turn. Do you agree with me with this? We're now we're now at the halfway point of this season. I yeah. think we're just beyond it. I'm not impressed by this season. So far we've had we had Dalek Invasion of Earth, which was really, really good. Yeah. We've had the Romans, which was fine. Uh. Yeah, or meh. <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. yeah. But then you have Rescue, which is pretty bang average. It, it's a fully serviceable episode, but it's purely there to introduce Vicky. Yeah, um, Planet Giants, which is awful. And this, where I, you just can't really place this one. My conclusion while I was watching it, I, I came up with something. It feels like with this one here, because they've got really over-complex costumes and everything like that. Yeah, they went, production out. Design. they went all out for it. It feels like if you imagine a pie chart... It feels like they spent 80% of the time going, oh, we can do this cool stuff in production. Mm. And then 20% of the time going, oh, let's write this story. I agree. I agree 100%. It seems to purely be there just to showcase they can do things. It's very... (sighs) Which I think is fine for like a two-parter episode, Mm. but a six-parter. For 60s Who, it's very, very flash, production design-wise. You know, we've seen a, one or two costumes here or there that are cool. Especially this season, we've seen quite a few. But the web planet is all costume. And seeing as there's barely anything to talk about with characters, uh, I think you should probably try and get into how the six parts break down, because there's a lot to get your head around with this. So, so this biggest gap between actually watching it and us recording, which I think I've had, I'm struggling to remember it in detail, rather than very broad strokes. I mean, yeah, I watched it. I watched a lot of it yesterday, and mm. I'm remembering it in broad strokes. It kind of hits you over the head and doesn't stick. It's yeah. all visuals think, and not a lot staying. I think it's what I was saying earlier about how this story, it it doesn't overstate its welcome. It's not a boring episode to watch, but there's nothing there. Yeah, it's... I mean, here's what I remember, it, and, and this is a compliment yeah. to this episode. The episode one of it is pretty good. Mm-hmm. As a setup, because you don't quite know what's going on, and they and they leave you in this place of trying to guess what the dilemma is, and all of a sudden things are disappearing and they're being moved about, and it feels very supernatural. Yeah, the cameras are blurred. You've got people wandering around. They see pools of what they think of water. So in, they dip in, tie into it, which then melts. Yeah, it's basically an acid of some kind. It's clearly 
a very unwelcoming environment. Can I also quickly say, who the hell uses their tyres about? Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about this? I, I'm not sure what they were doing in the '60s. Like, I know that it was there was an era in the late '60s where they were doing some mad stuff, but surely they, they still had belts. Belt if they not new... have belts, they they no, they would have had belts. I just think he's made a very odd costume choice. Yeah, it feels like it would have been easier for them to just go, just wear his tie. Yeah, just wear your tie. Is it, was it was he trying to make a statement? Do you think about the the wearing the tie's belt? Considering which every other episode this season he's wearing a bloody tie. Yeah, so why is he suddenly <laughs> he's suddenly like Rambo yeah, and yeah. going rogue? It doesn't make much sense to me. Anyway, it's I, just... I find it amazing that at the end of the episode, that's the thing he's most annoyed about. After going through two and a half hours of giant ants and bees, he's like, "Ah, oh, but you burned my tie." To be fair, he's seen a lot now. He's nearly been killed by Daleks twice. Yeah. I mean, are big insects really that much of a shock? Well, I, compared to massive Daleks invading the Earth, maybe no, but when you see the costuming, which yeah. is what I was going to get to anyway, so yeah. we might as well go straight in with it. Um, once they get familiar with the planet, um, after the Doctor and go and looking around and end up discovering a race of giant insects, and Barbara is pulled towards them as well in a sort of hypnotic trance, and they all end up, including Vicky, who of course ends up tagging along in the end, they all end up in a kind of central area on the planet uh, where they are mistaken for invaders by a mysterious intelligence. Yeah, so this is when Barbara is separate, because Barbara is currently with the bee people. The... Oh yeah, no, Barbara goes to the bee people, doesn't she? From the Monopra. Monopra? The, oh god, you sent me notes for this. <laughs> I believe it's Monop- Monoptra. Monoptra. From for good bees, as I've got in my notes, and you've got Vizabi for giant insects people, and they're bad for bad for bad insects. Yeah, so that's the key thing. Bees are good, insects are bad. I'd like to point out that's not what I personally believe in real life, but in this story, it is for a correct. They're both little shits, but in this story, it's one for one. Vizabi's leader, feet Animus, 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 Animus wants the Doctor to try to find out where the invading forces are. But is it all what it seems? Are they actually invading? Or are they taking back their hometown? See, that's one of the better elements of this yeah. of this episode, is that the Animus is, with the exception of the Daleks, the best villain we've had so far. Animus yeah. is really solid. It's yeah. good fun. There's, a, there's the mystery. She's this seductive female voice. It's very... If you've ever played Portal, yeah. uh, it's very GLaDOS. Yes. kind of vibe uh, and she fully believes that the Doctor is out to destroy her planet which he isn't but you know in the end uh, and the Doctor basically stalls by saying that he will use his typical Time Lord mind to find out where these invading bees are going to land but in reality he's just buying time to get out of there while we're on the topic of the bees landing the do you want to talk about the effects? The effects are used for bees flying. So they've got bees on there which fly. As they get attacked, they lose their wings and they get really upset about it. But when they are flying, the few times that effect is used, it's surprisingly impressive. It's it's pretty impressive today. Like, it's genuinely seamless. Yeah, it's actually Very quite good. Very good piece of production. <laughs> yeah. That's what we were saying. For production this episode, it's perfect. It's really top-notch. It's some of the best production you've seen. I mean, the costumes are... 
excellently made and handcrafted. Yeah. Of course, they are mental, but but they're done really well. Yeah, like you, you have to sort of get your head around the fact that for six episodes, you are looking at giant ants, like the people-sized ants, and bees who are also people-sized, uh, and they all speak surprisingly strong English, um, and they're going around. And having a bit of a war, and this is why I made that sort of drug preface early, because yeah. it is so weird yeah, to it, watch. It is definitely one of the most bizarre episodes we've had. so off the wall. I don't know how um, the writer of this one, uh, who I, I can't remember his first name, I think his last name is Strutton. Uh, Bill Strutton. Bill Strutton, yeah. I don't know how he came up with this. So, um, the concept first came to him um, when he recalled being bitten by bull ants as a child <laughs> and seeing insects bites. Um, he also recognised the merchandising opportunities that Doctor afforded, with the Daleks being a point of comparison. Well, that isn't wrong. It's a good point he makes. So, um, I'm reading from the Wikipedia, from the Doctor Wiki, yeah, as very always. Very good resource. Um, the script editor... Dennis Spooner latched onto the idea believing it could be a comparable thing to socialism with Wasabi and the not for a bit as the oppressed and the oppressors retroactively. This is the best thing about doing an in person recording is that <laughs> Owen can actually see my jaw has moved downwards. I <laughs> Socialism? This was about socialism? I don't know if it was about socialism or whether that just got. Yeah, Dennis Spooner was just like, oh, maybe it's socialism. We yeah. could go with it. I, I mean, I get, I get where it sort of is. Yeah. The Zabi are, in, are oppressed by a ruling. Sorry, the Monoptera are oppressed by a ruling class. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes sense on that front. Because uh, what we have through the episode, like you said, is that Barbara's with the Monoptera for quite a bit of it. And she ends up down in a very excitingly named place uh, called the Crater of Needles. No needles, though. There's no needles, but it's, you know, it's a good name. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the bee people? What do I think of the bee people? It's it's an interesting one. They're, I think the costuming kind of lets itself down when they're speaking. Yeah. From a distance, it's great, but... When they're trying to make characters, and they do try, because there are, you told me, about six or seven yeah. named Monoptra characters, so they do go in with it. The issue is, though, we were discussing this before we started recording, and we were discussing names, because we always write down the names of people, so we have a rough idea who we're talking about. Our memory when we're recording is terrible. Yeah, it's not right. But we honestly couldn't remember their names at all, so we just don't have their names written down. Cause we it's because they all they pretty who. much look the same, so they blend a bit, uh, the Monoptra, into this one... Yeah. Collective <laughs> kind of character. But you know, there's a few that help Barbara out, and then eventually the Monotra impart to our companions that the planet is theirs. Yes. And also when they speak, they wave their arms around <laughs> and it amuses me so much. Yeah. It's like they're stroking a ball which is just in between the hands. Yeah, they sort constantly. of move around and you know that you know like chi listeners chi there's sort of there's like the yeah like you said there's like all the energy and they're just sort of going around it when they say these incredibly banal things it's just it just amuses me 
It's a very, like, this is why I say it's such a strange watch. Because there's a point in the last episode, I know we're jumping ahead, yeah. but... This is what we do. This but this is what we do. We fly back and forth, because that's where our minds are. Um, there is a point where the Monoptrons are having a bit of a scrap uh, as yeah. the Monoptra invade. And they're all waving their hands back and they start screaming, Zarbi! Zarbi! This is what I sent you before you started watching. I just sent you this script and just went, this is what we're in store for. Yes. <laughs> That, listeners, is one of the craziest things I've seen on television. Yeah. I I thought I was in a fever dream. I didn't think it was real at one point. It is such a strange episode to to get your head around. Plot-wise, like you say, like a bunch happens. Like Barbara goes into the crib and Ian ends up escaping from the centre and has a look for Barbara, finds another Monoptera. They get taken there. They find... What we're led to believe is of like slightly um, differently adapted Monoptera who have been adapted to live underground compared to. Yeah, so to... these are Monoptera without wings. Who they their wings have either been taken from them by the Zari when they went to the crater, or they have just evolved. I think they've evolved. I think they've been yeah, there for a while because they don't. Obviously, they can't fly up because there's not much yeah. up. So. Yeah, and they basically argue that they're not properly Monoptera and they're the enemies, and they've kind of been conditioned to be Zarbi almost. Yeah. Because of the length of time. Yeah. It just. Yeah. I don't. I don't dislike the episode. It's just. It's very strange. What I do. What I do respect about it, and this is actually something I respect about a lot of the Who episodes in this series and the past series, is yeah. they really go in with trying to build a world out of every out of every story. Yeah, that's... and there's a lot of depth, and I admire that. It's one of the reasons why in our awards ceremony we have at the end of this season, I did put down there the best. What did I, what did I word it as? Was it best world or best like world building or something? Yeah, best like world building. That was it. It's just because there's so many. Despite where the stories lack, they're building such good worlds within the questionable stories. Yeah. The, the stories aren't great, but they live in a good world. And this whole Monoptera Zabi thing is, you know, I think it's a it's a dynamic they've done before with like yeah. the Daleks and the Thals and, and that kind of thing where there is a ruling race and there is an oppressed race and they have it out yeah. with the help of with the help of our characters, which is cool. Um, so they build up a bit of a mythology around everything, so you get an idea of the motivations, but at the same time, it doesn't... There's no singular Monoptera that has, like, an individual motivation. I think that's why you don't remember them. It, they just... They kind of just represent the species more than anything of, else. They're kind of just a herd animal. Yeah. They, they describe the Zabi as being a herd animal, which just gets controlled by the... The Animus. The Animus. But equally... The uh, Monoptera are very herd-like because there's no really distinguishing features from them other than different people playing them. Yeah, so effectively what you get is a group of insects versus a group of bees. I'd have liked to see them. And this is what I liked about the Romans because you had Delos in the Romans who was a very decent singular character Mm. of his own. He had his own motivations. Sure, they weren't massively defined, but they were. There was enough there, and there was enough of a character there for you to really remember him. And that's yeah. good stuff. That's what you want in a side character. And there's just no Monoptera or Zabi or any individual one where you think, oh, they've got their own thing going on. Yeah. Or they want, you know, they want to buy some milk. 
they want to give their they want to get their kids to somewhere you know just a singular motivation makes such a difference yeah. so what's because we're getting i think we're getting close to the half an hour mark yeah we're diving towards it i don't actually know when we started this if we had so many false I, I, starts i only think we've been going about 25 minutes yeah because we had so many falses yeah yeah um do you know who marks us as one of his favorite episodes I'm really interested to now. Now you've said that, who has? It's one of the doctors. Really? Yes. When you say when you say the doctors. Yes. Was it was in William Hartnell? No, not William Hartnell. Jody? No. Well, am I just going to name doctors until I get? To you them? have one more, and then I will tell you. Eccleston, just because I see his face in front of me. No. Tennant. Capaldi. Do you know what? That does make a bit of sense. Has Capaldi... Did Capaldi talk about this in an interview around the time he got cast as who? Because it's ringing a bell now. I imagine so. I don't know. I just watched the interview, which is on on the wiki. Oh, I, just, right. I just watched it, the interview, so it could probably be around yeah, that do you have a, Do you have a Capaldi quote on this, or is it just kind of a description of he, he is, likes it? I, I watched the video. It, it, oh, okay. I think he liked the production value and how much it tried with how little it had. I, I agree with that. They do really well with what little they've got. Yeah. And the production value is excellent, although it is off the wall. So we've actually got something else to say after the end of this bit here, so I'm just going to finish this up here. Go now. ahead, yeah. Um, what do you think of this episode? Well, what do you think of the ending, first of all? The ending? Um, It was a it was a very rushed one again. It was, it was, yeah. it was a bit like, a, oh, we don't really know how to get out of this, but I like episode six a lot still. Because they bring the Doctor and Vicky into almost the Animus brain. Yeah. And uh, the Animus tries to suck uh, Doc's intelligence out. All the while, Vicky's there and she doesn't have enough to to really make a difference, which is a problem with Vicky. You'd have wanted to see her do a bit more in that scene. Then Barbara and Ian, for unrelated reasons, with the Minotra, rush in. Everyone ends up in the same place. And in the end, using... What was it? It was like a device. It was like a bomb thing, wasn't it? Like a it? bomb thing. It was like, turn it over to the dark side or something. Yeah. It was very Palpatine of them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, stuck that on there and it, it did the animus in. It was a decent set piece. I think it was a better pace. We actually had the ending and the aftermath. Because a lot of these times in Doctor Who, we've got the ending, end of episode. Yeah. This one, yeah, was okay. Yeah. They had a good set piece. Everything rose to the right level and, and came out well. It's a little bit of a rushed Sebi's, but that's fine. Yeah. They're they're a much worse. So, your score. What do you give this one? Um, it's it's a weird episode. Um, it's kind of on the edge because I think on one hand I'm like there are some great things here and I like these sections, and then on the other hand I think, but what the hell is going on? This yeah. is six episodes long. Does it really need to be? So I'm gonna go slap bang in the middle and give it a five. Yeah, I'm probably going to say probably. I don't know because I gave a five to the rescue, and is this as good as the rescue? I think I think the difference is that the rescue's a two-parter, which is kind of does its job yeah. as a two-parter. Whereas this is a six, and if yeah. you have that many episodes, I feel like you need to do more with them. Yeah, I'm probably going to say around five or six, so around five, I think. All right, so that that seems to be two fives, but maybe one yeah. six. But now we've got to the end of this. We we're supposed to do this at the beginning, but we completely forgot uh, the joy of being able to see each other's yes, face. Yes, we, we've just been completely enamoured with each other. Um, Disclaimer, we're not enamoured with each other. I need to discuss part two of oh, yes. the Big Finish thing, which we've got directly in front of us. The CD finally came. Yes, I can see. The day after we recorded, 
And like we still forgot because we're that good. Christopher <laughs> Eccleston's face just oh it it genuinely is brilliant to see yeah. him doing it again. So this is the middle part of a three part serialization. Hmm. So it's basically that. Like you can't really review the middle of something. You can review the start, you can review the end. It's very hard to review yeah. the middle. The second act is always the trickiest to, to, to do, even though people yeah. don't think it is. Um, so you know how I mentioned before I'm a bit concerned about it using time travel as the story? Yeah. It continues on this trend. Okay, so it does go the whole way with this. So I'm a little bit unsure. It's no longer telling the story to the person, which is better because we're actually getting things live. But equally, it's a middle episode, so there's not really much I can say about the story. It's good. It's keeping me entertained with it all. Mm. Does everything progress on a good trail? Like, there's a sense of momentum? Yes. Oh, that's good, then. Yeah, so everything's, everything, you kept flowing constantly. So I'm being kept occupied with it. One thing I did want to mention, though, is the sound design. Good. It's really good. Excellent. There is one problem. They have some androids in there, which we get introduced to. Okay. The, the effects they put on the voice, however does make it very hard to work out what they're saying is it like did they put like a really extreme vocoder yeah on them? it it's very hard to make out what which they're making noises it's a really odd way to describe it so you so what you're saying is you're not quite sure when they're just making any old whirring or yeah. they're speaking yeah it you can't make out different words it's very hard to unless you're listening with your earbuds because yeah. i was going to listen to this as i was tidying up earlier and I just couldn't, I had to go back over to my earbuds because I just couldn't work out what they were saying. Yeah, so so you've listened to this through earbuds, presumably, which is... Mostly, yeah. Mostly, yeah, which is how, easily the best way to do sound design. I mean, yeah. from my limited experience, admittedly, of doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tricky one because everything, at least from my knowledge of it, is about the placement of sound. Yeah. It's so important as to placement and volume, as to distance and perspective. It, it, yeah. Kind of playing around with it. So in terms of actually giving a character, a, I think they probably have made a mistake there because it's so important to be distinctive. Yeah. When you've got... Because really with audio, you've got quite a limited mm. medium of communication where you have to do things in yeah. one plane. Whereas with visual, you've got so much you can do. I'll, I'll show you what I mean after we've recorded. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can hear it. Um, but yeah, I think it's plotting around along nicely. It's very good to listen to. A good place to listen to these, actually, speaking about where good place to listen to these are. Mm. In my car. Oh, really? Because if you've got, you, with a car, you've naturally got speakers quite close to either side. You, yeah, they still, You've still got quite a good spacing between them. So when you've got noises coming from like the left and the right, you can really hear it in a car. Mm. You can really hear it coming from like coming from the left front of you yeah. rather than the left back of you and all that stuff. It's really good. It, Yeah, I've... Uh, oh, God, this is going to sound like a shameless plug. I did listen to The Long Drive in a car. And I get what you mean. Like, yeah. it, it's with the way the speakers are placed yeah, in a good car system, you get the panning. Yeah. You can also drive up to some nice spot as well, which helps. Yeah. Because I listened to it turn from work, I think, one day as well, and it was very good for that. So, if you have a terrible long commute, uh, The Ravagers uh, is the one for you. Just, is it just yeah. Ravagers? The Ravagers is the, is the name of a three-part series. 
So the first one is called... <laughs> Grab CD. It's not written on the CD. Is it not? Oh, it's written on the side. Um, so first one is called The Spear of Freedom. And the second one is called Cataclysm. What did you say? Cataclysm. Oh, Cataclysm. I didn't quite hear the... I wasn't sure how to pronounce it, so I just went really oh, right. fast. <laughs> yeah, Cataclysm. And the next one is Food Fight, which we'll talk about next episode. Yes, next week. Uh, because next week we're talking about museums. First Space Museum, not to be confused with the actual English Space Museum. Hmm. Have you been to the English Space Museum? don't think so. I've not. I just thought, I'll be honest, when I first saw the title, I honestly just thought it was an advertisement for the Science Museum. <laughs> I was unsure what to expect. Yeah, I've been to the Science Museum many, many times. Yeah, I was a bit, I, I was a bit confused, thought it might just be an advertisement, but it's not. Yeah. Do you think museums are cool? Depends. Depends what they're museuming. If it's like the Science Museum or the Natural History Museum? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, Coldplay did a gig at a Natural Museum once. Natural History Museum once. No. That just, they did it under like you know the volcano and the staircase they did it under yeah. that that's cool as hell <laughs> imagine doing a gig in that I, I tried to get tickets but it was like 500 this was obviously pre-pandemic yeah uh, it was only like 500 seats I missed out I'm oh. still annoyed it would have been so good to watch like a good show in there and you can be as annoyed as James now because we're now going to fade away from your lives for another week hmm we'll be back next week with the Space Museum. So, see you then. Until then, goodbye. So, remember to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I forgot to say this bit. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we yeah we really should be better at this. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to tell us what you thought about this bizarre episode, tweet us at blackarchivepod, or you can email us blackarchivepod at gmail.com. With that, I bid you farewell. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. <laughs>